and thank you for listening to Pod on the Dog. I'm your host, Verity Hardcastle, and you can find me on Instagram at Verity Hardcastle. You might be out walking your dog, in the car, or pottering around at home, but whatever you are doing today, thank you so much for tuning in. This podcast is proudly sponsored by Butternut Box, a brand I love for so many reasons. Butternut Box is a freshly cooked dog food delivery service that delivers it straight to your door and takes into consideration all of your dog's dietary needs. Butternut Box genuinely care about dogs and they believe that good enough for your dog simply isn't good enough because dogs deserve better. The meals are comprised of human grade quality meats, vegetables, lentils, vitamins and minerals and they don't contain any grain, wheat, gluten, corn, soya or sugar, all of which have been known to cause some intolerances in our dogs. If you'd like to try Butternut Box for your dog, you can get 50% off your first two boxes with the link butternutbox.com forward slash Verity Hardcastle. For today's episode, I'm joined by a dog trainer who's educating the world via his Instagram and website. This modern trainer has really helped me look at my dogs differently and try and understand them more than ever before. His matter-of-fact approach is helping dog guardians all over the world, and I'm super excited to find out more about himself and his work. So a really big hello to Max from MK9. Hello. Hi, how are you? I'm very well, how are you? Good, I'm really good. So where are you speaking to me from, Max? Um, a place called Yeovil, um, but I I just say Glastonbury because that's the only place people, people know. But I'm moving to Glastonbury in a couple of weeks, so... Oh, fantastic. Yeah. So you all packed up? Uh, um, no. Getting there? <laughs> yeah, not really. I just, I, <laughs> I, I'm a bit of a... I only do things when things are urgent, so I'll probably start soon. Yeah, yeah, I like that. You work, you work hard to a deadline. Yeah, yeah, I'm very last minute, but I think it's, I think it's fun that way. Do you know what? Pretty much every person I've spoken to who works with dogs is exactly the same. Yeah. They were the person that were doing the homework on the bus. They were the person who, yeah, just thrives on a deadline the day before, and they'll just yeah. get like ninety percent of the workload done then. I love it. I, urgency is great. I like quickly revise, do it, done, rather than just like wasting loads of time revising. Because I feel like you, yeah. you just forget half the stuff if you've done it weeks ago. Yeah, procrastination. Nah, mm. not for us. <laughs> so tell me about your typical week. What does it look like? Um, I mean, I think from, well, maybe not people listening to this, from non-dog people, it's probably quite boring because it, it is just walking dogs. Um, I walk my dogs about four hours a day, um, but that's mainly just because of their breed, especially Enzo. He's a, a pharaoh hound, which is a an Egyptian sight hound, scent hound. So yeah, four hours a day walking dogs. In between that, I'm I'm kind of, you know, making content, writing scripts, putting posts up on Instagram, talking to people. Um, I don't do too much in-person training anymore um, as we're kind of all on the website now. Um, but yeah, it is just, uh, making content, walking dogs and spending time with dogs in my free time as well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like me, like eat, sleep, repeat, just like yeah. work yeah, yeah, with yeah. dogs. The weekend it's dogs. Like when I come home, yeah. it's dogs. <laughs> yeah. It's like for, for my birthday, I was like, oh, I'm going to treat myself. I just went on a six hour dog walk instead. It was great. <laughs> oh, that's so nice though, that sometimes if it was my birthday, I'm be like take me to a spa I don't want to see a dog <laughs> I really no I'm I'm addicted honestly I I take breaks from work by spending time with dogs and it's it's strange but it works yeah but you know the therapeutic benefits right of mm. 
of doing this. Maybe that. Maybe I'm addicted. Maybe that's all I've got for the past five years. So yeah, that's all my brain seeks now. <laughs> so who's in your tribe at home? Then you mentioned Enzo, the Pharaoh Hound. Yes, Enzo, and then I've got Darcy, who's my oldest dog. She's a twelve-year-old um, uh, sausage dog. Um, and then I've got Purdy, who is also a sausage dog, but she's going on 10 years old. But if you looked at her, she'd, you'd think she's like one year old. She's she's ripped, muscly, um, no fat on her. She does four hours a day. She is like a, a proper little working dog. She's ridiculous. She's a lean, mean running machine. Yeah. Yeah. She's great. Um, also, you have to check out Enzo, anyone listening, because what a beautiful dog. Yes. he's he's He knows it as well, though. But yeah, he's very handsome. My uh, first dogs were Dobermans. So I love mm. anything with that sort of long nose. Yeah. Obviously, Enzo's slightly more, you know, athletic in build than Adobe is, aren't they? Yeah. But, uh, but I love any dogs with that sort of build. Yeah, his best friend is a Doberman. He, he comes over every Tuesday still. He's been coming over for a couple of years. Um, his name's Ernie. Um, but he, <laughs> he, he's more of the leggy build and... Um, yeah, I'd, I'd say Dobermans are probably my second favorite uh, after a pharaoh. They are, they're like yeah. Edna, just a bit, bit bulkier. I mean, if you, I've obviously got four poodles now, but if you shave them down, not much difference really. If you just took yeah. all that hair away, yeah, yeah. Well, um, structurally, yeah, to, well, sh- yeah, structurally, yeah, very, very similar. I, I think it's just, an, it's just a nice build. I, I, I really like dogs like it. Mm-hmm. Easier to clean as well. The little sausages <laughs> in the winter, they yeah. Just, it, the bottom half of them is just brown like for six months of the year uh, yeah i can imagine it's those short legs yeah but thankfully <laughs> clean you just pop them in the sink and they're good so how did you become a dog trainer was it something that you were just meant to do you were always gonna do no not at all actually <laughs> um it's a bit of a strange story i i um uh i was actually i was coming out of school and i've always i always wanted to go into the RAF. So I was enrolling to get an, uh, an apprenticeship in the RAF as a, a regiment gunner. Um, and I passed like everything with flying colors. And for some reason, they put the medical almost right at the end. And I failed that because of something like a few years previous. And oh, no. they have to be like five years clear. So they said, if you come back in two years, I'm sure you'll fly for it. But in that time, I kind of discovered dog training. I was, I've always loved dogs. And then, yeah, I just kind of, I went away on courses with uh, the Institute of Modern Dog Training um, and I just got kind of addicted and went away on more and more and more. And there are some that I've done two or three times, um, but then I did a lot of self-learning as well. You'll find, um, I don't know if it's just IMDT, but IMDT, they, they're part of their code of ethics is, is to always make sure you stay on top of uh, information. So always, always, always looking out for new studies, watching webinars and just following other trainers but yeah, it, it just kind of became something I was interested in. And then all of a sudden it became something I got addicted to because I've got quite an obsessive nature. Um, and then, yeah, I, uh, I, I started, I actually started my dog training business when I was 18 years old. Um, uh, well, just before then. And uh, yeah, the rest was history, really. I'm just still, still doing it. I, I, I don't know how this has happened, to be honest. I just it just I just got really addicted to it and it's really great yeah but you found something that you obviously love you're so passionate in and that's why it's successful I think mm. it's a bit like me with my grooming I was the same so I went into a completely different line of work I studied business and law 
And then I had a dope, I got my first Doberman on the proviso. I had to show her. So I was kind of in that world anyway. And my family have got quite a doggy background. All of my family have sort of owned dogs Um, at a professional level. Like my granddad used to be, he used to be sort of gamekeeper, used to train gun dogs really. But they were obviously very much outside working dogs. I've been around it. And then I was sat at my desk job thinking, well, this is hell, you know. <laughs> yeah. And then just threw myself into, yeah, I, I was like, I need to find a way of like working with dogs, like monetizing that yeah. somehow. Yeah, and, no, that, and yeah. Yeah, that, that's exactly what I was like. I I, it, I got to that point where, because um, the funny thing was, is actually every job I've ever had, I've actually been fired from. I, I really struggled to work <laughs> I love with people. It. Um, so I, 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 I worked in... I've had a job since I was 13, I think. Um, and yeah, every single one I've just got fired from. I just, I've really struggled with it. So I always wanted to do my own thing. Um, and then, yeah, I would kind of, I was like, well, I've been going away on courses. There must be some sort of function to this. I was like, I could be a dog trainer. And mm. yeah, I just did it. But I, I think, especially if there are dog trainers listening to this, I think the one thing that is the real time well the the real place where you learn to be a dog trainer is on the job because there's having the knowledge but then there's like actually applying it is it's it's the trickiest thing ever and I think that's what a lot of um people and dog trainers struggle with like I'm a a completely different dog trainer than when I first started Mm. and and it's just you just develop the skills of how to apply the knowledge and that's the tricky part because some dogs need like a little bit of this a little bit of that but they need this one first and this is your backup idea. And then it, it gets really, really just mixed up. Um, but yeah, I think there's not really one place. I think anyone learns to be a dog trainer. There's just a place you start. And then yeah, if you stop learning, you stop growing. So I'm still learning to be a dog trainer. I think everyone should just keep learning. Same here. I'm still learning. There's mm. so much to learn, like yeah. about either, you know, dogs, dog hair, you know, and obviously now I, I've done a few courses with the IMDT myself oh, yeah. and just so I can not necessarily because I want to become a dog trainer. It's yeah. just to have that knowledge. Like I just find it really interesting. So oh, for me yeah. really, but like you were saying about the, you learn on the job. I can totally see that because dogs are as individual as we are. So mm. it's not ever going to be one shoe fits all scenario. No. Yeah, definitely. And, and, and especially with kind of when it, when it comes to, becoming a dog trainer I think there's definitely that mindset of kind of like what I just said actually like if if you kind of decide I'm now a dog trainer you kind of like stop yourself from learning more you kind of I find I don't know if this is appropriate Mm. but a lot of dog trainers have like a little bit of an ego and it's I think it's where like I'm a dog trainer and they just stop learning and I'm like I'm never like that I'm just like I want to do more and I'm always posting about studies and like there's loads of stuff on a website about studies like I'm always just really fascinated in what grows because there's some stuff I used to do when I first started where there's now just so much better stuff out. And I'm like, well, if I decided to stop learning five years ago, I'd be crap today. So yeah, you just got to never stop learning basically. Yeah. You've got to be fluid. And um, we say the same in our line of work. Um, I say we, I, I've always thought the same in our line of work. If anybody's like, they think they know it all, just give up. Yeah. Because 
everything's changing all the time techniques change we look over overseas more for styling and and the same with showing like handling like you're always Mm. trying to like for me it's self-improvement all the time like how can I continually get better yeah well otherwise just people don't grow the world don't grow society don't grow if, if if people aren't curious so just keep going yeah so if we could train our dogs to just do like one thing besides the usual like sit that sort of thing what would what would it be for you what would you encourage people to train the dogs to do uh is is recall in that list no 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 just oh recall yeah it's like it's 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 the only thing you really have to teach if if you think about it like i know obviously some parts of life will be a bit difficult without other stuff but you you can survive with just recall um, yeah. because because the thing that people miss which is what the the whole of mk9 plus is all about is how there's so much more to having a dog than just training you know a lot of behaviors people try and out train their dogs are, are they're just behaviors because the dog needs help you know but behaviors are just communication of the problem and not actually the problem and and that's the real big misconception people have it's like for example, if uh, if I go on a tangent, let me know. But um, if, if for instance, someone's dog is barking, people think, right, we need to stop the barking. Well, no, mm. you don't need to stop the barking. You need to figure out why your dog is scared or stressed or insecure or maybe they're ill. And then you fix that, the barking disappears. You know, so if there's one thing you should train, yeah, recall. Everything else can actually be fixed by just helping the dog like I put a post up just now on my Instagram about dogs pulling on a lead Mm. you don't have to teach your dog how to not pull on a lead a lot of the time dogs pull on the lead because they're really highly aroused they're really desperate for that walk because they're not being walked enough you know maybe they're stressed you know there's so many things that cause behaviors um and you know like all of my dogs they haven't had one second of loose lead walking um training but they all walk lovely on the lead because they're calm, they're happy, you know, they're stimulated, they're not in any desperate need of getting anywhere. So a lot of the time you can get away with just doing recall training. I think that's one thing that really has made sense about the way that you approach dog sort of training and behavior on your page is that it's like the why behind it, you know, rather Mm. than a lot of your answers are, well, it's just because they're, you know, they're not fulfilled, they're not settled, they're not, they're not calm because yeah. you guys aren't doing enough, you know? Yeah. And yeah, yeah. like you always say, you don't really particularly train your dogs. You, your dogs are the way they are because they have a life that sort of enriches them and they don't, so all the other sort of behavior just isn't there. Yeah, 100%. But it, it, it's, you've got to look at like the obvious stuff, you know, dogs that have come from rescues, they tend to be dogs that, you know, are, they misbehave. But it's not because of an absence of training. It's because of the life that they've been living so far. Mm. You know, they go to one person and things might not be fixed. I've had some dogs get rehomed and I'm still with them. And the dog is fixed within a month. But it's because those people can walk the dog more or take them different places, afford better quality food. And all of a sudden, this dog's mental health is like tip top. And all of these behaviors have disappeared. And they haven't spent any money on training the dog, you know, so it's, it's, yeah. Why is why I always push people to ask. Um, and the really common one, like the live stream that I did last week, um, 
someone asked, they were like, what can I do to keep my dog occupied? Um, he's always needing occupying every day. And I'm like, that's the wrong question to ask. You just ask yourself, why is your dog awake all the time? And he was like, oh, I didn't look at it that way. <laughs> and it turned out he had, he had an eight-month-old German Shepherd. And I was like, well, that's a trickier dog than average. You know, you got to think about how we can fulfill the actual breed. You know, how much exercise does he need that's good for his breed? But we can stimulate him. We can, you know, give him good quality diet. We can give him outlets. And then he'll start sleeping more. Because, yeah, it's, it's always looking at why is that behavior there in the first place rather than how do we just get rid of it quickly? Yeah, amazing. So obviously we've discussed this, but you attribute obviously most of what we would call like bad behavior, I suppose, mm. in their dogs to a lack of fulfillment. So what do you think are the main mistakes then that people who are experiencing like problems to them you know, their perceived problems in their dogs. What do you think are the mistakes they're making with their dogs? Well, why the problems are there? Yeah. Um, okay. I, I have, I have, I have a word for you instead of bad. Cause you did do a little. Yeah, I did do the, it, you know, what are they called? Like just, the speech bubbles. Cause I don't call it, I know it's I, not bad behavior, but you know, marks, isn't it? Yeah. What people would perceive as yeah. quotation marks, bad behavior. Undesirable is. Okay. That's yeah. much better. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, you don't want to label the dog bad because that no, no, exactly, ruin, it'll ruin your motivation to help the dog. But yeah, undesirable behaviors. Um, it, it it really depends, really, because um, because there are so many things that can cause these undesirable behaviors. Um, but yeah, I think the number one thing that people do that causes them, hmm, I would say probably what we were just saying, focusing yeah. too much on the training. Um, because training is great. Everyone is laser focused on the training, but to the point where they forget about the other stuff, you know, it's, it's, it's like a lot of people learn about how to fix things rather than how to prevent things. So everyone's ready for when it goes wrong. Um, but I prefer to just make sure the dog doesn't need the help in the first place. Sure. Um, But yeah, I, I, there's not really one thing people do most, um, because there's there's so many different things but um yeah but more of a focus on the mental health i think is just you know definitely oh even awareness such a great takeaway yeah Yeah, the the, the awareness of the mental health like i i was very surprised when i made this business coming from like locally to doing it kind of to people all around the world about the amount of people that openly messaged me about how they'd never actually thought about their dog's mental health. Like mm. um, there was a, um, I don't know if you'd call it a study, more of like a poll um, that um, this giant dog magazine did. I think it was over in Canada. Um, mm. And I, it was almost 30% of the people didn't even know a dog had a mental health. And and that's, that's yeah, the people that's that were willing surprising. to, that was the people that were obviously willing to admit it. I feel like probably a lot of people were asked the question and went, oh, of course they do. And then probably write it yes. But yeah, like 30% admitted, like they didn't even think about dogs having a mental health. Yeah, but we we know obviously they're sentient beings. So they yeah. have all the abilities to feel the stress, anxiety, the, the same mm. emotions that we do. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, it's, 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 it's so crazy. But yeah, I think there's not really one thing I think that's really common um, because it is a bit all over the place. I think it's more so 
the one thing that's common is the absence of of knowledge about just dogs mental health is 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 a big cause of problems yeah huge so we're seeing an epidemic obviously in anxiety in our dogs as we are with people I think at the moment as well do you think this has been an issue for decades and it's just maybe not been a focus you know or had the focus that it has now or do you think there's been some sort of seismic shift somewhere um either way obviously um we're obviously seeing this behavior in our lives and in our dogs what do you think it is that's exasperating this um I, I- I think it depends how far back you go. I think a long time ago, I don't really think there were any problems with dogs, but that's because dogs were used for jobs and that's what dogs have been bred for for thousands of years. Um, you know, like that, that's the whole point of stimulating a dog is to treat them like they have been bred to be treated. You know, like mm. you get a spaniel, work that dog, hide dummies around woods or around your house, get them working, get them sniffing, you know, like, I think so. I think a long time ago, I don't think there were many problems with dogs because they lived very, very stimulating, very, very specific lives. And then, yeah, I think when they start to become pets, you know, pet life for a dog is just a dog without a job. So this is where problems pop up. But I think recently, I think why people think it's increased is I think just people are becoming more emotionally aware people. Like even with us, like people didn't talk about mental health 20, 30 years ago with humans. Mm. You know, and I think it's just something that people are starting to become aware of now because we're so aware of it with ourselves. Yeah. Uh, because, but the, the issue is, is that dog training, you know, 20, 30 years ago and going further back and there are still some around now, um, was quite heavy on things like punishment and quite heavy on quickly fixing dogs, sorting dogs out. You know, if, if dogs are biting people and dogs, they're bad dogs, they need punishing and need to be taught the right way. Um, so dogs would come across, you know, fixed because they've been punished, they've been corrected, they're no longer being suppressed. The, the emotions, I suppose, have been suppressed, haven't they? Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, but now we're starting to see how actually this is messing up the dogs even more long term, and it's just horrible. So people are just, I think, becoming more aware. I don't think there's more problems than there were. It's just, mm-hmm. I think, this is obviously assumptions, but yeah, I think you know, thirty, forty years ago everyone was just suppressing dogs and just weren't aware of, of anything really. Yeah. Which I is think really as well, sad. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And probably more people own dogs more than ever. And there's probably never yeah. been so many, as you call them, pet dogs. Yeah. 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 You know, yeah. I, uh, it, it's, it's, yeah. It's like my number one goal with, with all my clients is, is to kind of make their dog's life as less pet like as possible. Cause yeah, pet life is what causes the issues with with dogs because everyone's like everyone jokes around like, oh, I'd love to be a dog, but it's like you you wouldn't like you'd have nothing to do every day. You know, you go to a park every now and then. You, you're on some like some cheap food, and the rest of your days just chillaxing. And you'd get bored and frustrated, and you'd want to jump around and chew stuff, and you'd need attention and everything. So that's mm. why like your number one goal as a dog parent. It is to give them a life that that you would want to live if you were in their shoes, and that that is what stimulation is about. It's it's about giving them something that's hard, something that's very fulfilling, something that's going to work that mind, that body, and relieve that stress and frustration. And that's when dogs feel great. That those are the dogs that no longer pull on a lead. They're the dogs that can listen to your recall. They're the dogs that can socialize and not obsess, and they will, they will sleep and they won't develop stress. But yeah, the the more pet like that dog's life is, um, 
the more likely those those problems can pop up. Yeah, I think there's a joyful activity out there for any dog, whether your dog's mm. got three legs, they're older, yeah, they're young, yeah. they're a puppy, whatever it might be. I think there's, I definitely would recommend everybody look into doing like some sort of sporting or non-sporting activity with their dog, mm. like, um, yeah. because it gives them such fulfillment. I mean, and I don't know what your opinion is on showing dogs, but obviously I've always shown dogs. And um, like Gigi, my toy poodle, she's from a long lineage of show dogs yeah and it's like she know the moment she's a puppy she's just like boom boom like look at me it's like she yeah. knows that she yeah. was born to do this and like on show days you can tell she knows when we we're getting ready for a show and she just like throws herself at the front door and like oh my god let me out she's just <laughs> so excited to go yeah. and yeah she loves it she's buzzing she loves yeah. it she but, loves working and, and I know that's it is work it's just a different type of work yeah but and, and that just means you've done it right as well you know I, I've the, the the one side of showing that I don't like is a lot of people they still somehow involve some sort of punishment and correction to it kind of you know, I've seen a lot of them correcting dogs, telling them to keep their head up and, you know, it's it's like popping leads, keeping them close and all that stuff. And if you actually just make it something enjoyable, um, you know, you don't need to use food or anything in the end. Mm-hmm. Sometimes like with your dog, just doing it is rewarding and you can make anything a dog's purpose in life. Um, it doesn't always have to be super hard work, but um, but like, like you were saying, you know, it's like she was born to do it and that's what happens with dogs. Um, that That's why you know, like a, a dog like Enzo, I don't actually, you know, as much as I love him, I don't ever really recommend people get one. Um, because for what, 15, 14,000 years, they've just been bred to be absolute beasts and just hunt and just be what people would call like proper dogs. Mm, yeah. So it, it's very hard, very hard to have a dog like Enzo and treat him like a pet, you know, like, yeah, my, my job every day is, is to walk him four hours a day because that's what he needs <laughs> I can't do any less <laughs> but that's four hours a day around the woodlands off lead just allowing him to be a dog um and that's the life he needs you know and and mm-hmm. you know that that's why like breed selection is the first step and by far the most important decision definitely yeah not to choose a dog literally based on aesthetics but mm. Mm. one that's oh. going to suit your lifestyle yeah the 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 amount it's really it's really sad but the the, the amount of people i've met that have gotten dogs like belgian malinois um oh, and, 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 and unfortunately like without sounding rude just don't have the life for most dogs or um, the knowledge really to deal oh, with a breed like that though i i think people really i think I, i've said to people before like you know like working dogs are hard you know like say you get a spaniel but then you get a spaniel from a working line. I think people underestimate that that's a different dog. That's not a spaniel. That is like, that's like three spaniels in one, you know? So, so the busy yeah. scale is through the roof. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's crazy. I think like, like these dogs whole entire life is to just work and work for you and do jobs and find things and shoot through hedges, shoot, shoot through woods. So of course, you're going to have a few issues with them stealing things around a house and digging holes and pulling on a lead and not wanting to listen to your recall. If you're just walking them, you're working a nine to five and popping back at lunchtime and you know, yeah. 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 And, and, and that yet again, like that's where training doesn't help. You know, that's a dog that needs help before they need any training. Um, so like 
breed selection is like that's your most important step and yeah it's it's mm. it's just it's tricky it's really tricky especially like i said belgian malinois they are they're incredible dogs but i would never get one i, I i'm terrified to get one i i would love one but i i just i wouldn't do that to myself that is like that's a whole different piece i, I met someone that trains belgian malinois to hunt poachers in africa and um the dog would follow wow. smells for almost an hour straight to uh find poachers that had just poached yeah. them and wow. run through a village and catch them and it's like that's a, that dog how do you do that in africa and and they don't get any rewards they just get a little pat on the head well done and that's enough because the act of doing it is rewarding and you know that that's why like i said yeah pre-selection is important some dogs are just on a completely different level definitely i've seen it all too often there's a older gentleman who lives around here and just mm. because he's always had collies he thinks at the age of 82 it's a great idea to embark on a new collie puppy yes who is now spinning on a lead car chasing yeah. and is and i've realized obviously recently he's now got a muzzle on him right and I just think, you know, we obviously know these breeds have traits and they yeah. all have their own activity levels. Yes. And within that, then they have their own personalities and things. Mm. So you need to look at your lifestyle, what you can give a dog. Yeah. And if, yeah, great. If you love hill walking in the Lake District, then get a Lakeland Terrier. Do you know what I mean? If you, if you like running, get a Dalmatian. Do you know what yeah. I mean? But also think about when you're, you know, at different stages of your life, you might be starting a new family and you might not be able to give them, like have a look ahead in your life and making sure that you're, you know, because this is why we're, I think we're ending up with so many rehomed uh, and in rescue centers at the moment mm. is that people go purely on aesthetics, yes. you know, and then unfortunately it's not a happy ending for the dog. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, it, and it is, it, it's really upsetting. It's like, it is, like every job has its downs and um yeah that's definitely the worst part of my job is um just seeing the dogs that like because there are some people like that do really really care and like they realize they have made a mistake um it's yeah it's really upsetting um but you know I've, I've seen some people like completely change their life around when I'm telling them I'm like right you're gonna need to walk them more you know and they like they pay for a dog walker they change their shifts at work they got more time okay nice okay at home we're gonna have to relieve some frustration okay this mm. is a dog that quite likes you know for example maybe the belgian mallow this is a dog that quite likes scent work and bite work okay we're gonna do that as well you know we're gonna change the diet a little bit we're gonna help with the diet to calm them down so we're not just gonna give them raw beef you know we're just gonna, <laughs> gonna balance out a little bit um you know so and, and some people like completely change their life around and it's remarkable and there have been some times where i've been that's credit to them then yeah like fantastic yeah, I, I, i've been very doubtful before and people have proved me wrong and it's it's definitely taught me to 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 kind of change how i think about people initially um it's been great learning curve for me but yeah there, there are some where people do try and they just still can't do enough um but even from that i've, I've had happy stories um one one was uh, a cockapoo his name was ted um and uh she was her, his mum was doing everything but he was stealing things around the house which is a common trait of retrieving dogs when they're quite frustrated and bored um, but then he started guarding those things he started ripping up floors had no recall so they couldn't be let off the lead 
Oh, yeah, that's tricky. She, she rehomed him to her cousin, so still a local person. So I was still working with them. No more work, homework. They just did the exact same things I gave her, but because they were able to actually do it consistently because they had a different lifestyle, Ted was perfect in like four weeks. And wow. I didn't have one training session with them. We did zero training and they had better recall. He didn't resource guard. He didn't steal. He didn't destroy. Mm-hmm. And I never did one training session with him. You just, just changed the lifestyle for him. Yeah. And, and, and that's, you know, what kind of the whole MK9 plus business is about. Mm. You know, a lot of people, when they find the page, they're like, there's not a lot of training on here. And like, I, I feel like every time I'm like having to give people a life lesson, like, so when it comes to dogs, we don't just focus on training. Um, but yeah, like that, that's why I think people are surprised by how much a website, how, how much of a difference it can make. Um, because they're like, well, surely I need someone to come over and show me. But I'm like, no, you just need to know what your dog needs, how to give it um, and, and learn about dogs. And all of a sudden your dog's life is just upgraded, you know? And, and, and it always comes down to what I said at the beginning, like, yeah, try and make the life your dog's living something that you would want to live. And, Definitely. and I guarantee your dog will improve. Yeah. So fascinating. So in your mind, what's the number one issue you're seeing with dogs, obviously outside of the anxiety that we talked about earlier? Um, what do you think is the main, main issue that people have with their dogs? Um, frustration, for sure. I think I brought it up a couple of times so already, but um, frustration may, may, mainly just because of the whole pet life situation. Yeah, uh, another good reason why. So we, becoming destructive and things like that, or running yeah, away on walks and. Yeah, definitely. You know, it, it, it's like fr- frustration leads to good things or bad things. You know, mm. you can get frustrated because you're, you're, you're excited because something great's about to happen. We can get frustrated and it can turn to things like anger or, um, or rage or fear. Um, and, and, you know, that, that's why a lot of dogs, um, they're kind of okay off the lead. As soon as you put them on a lead, they're really reactive. And it's because mm. that lead increases frustration. But a lot of dogs' whole entire life is on some metaphorical lead where they're bred like with the Belgian Malinois example, again, bred to do some ridiculous stuff, but they're living in this very restricted, frustrating life where they can't practice normal behaviors. They can't express themselves. They, they have nothing to bite. So they're chewing all the chair legs. They're biting your clothing because Mm. you're not doing any bite work with the dog. You know, they're pissing off following deers because there's no, you're not doing any tracking, you know, they're, they're super crazy because they're not getting enough exercise, you know, so frustration for sure. Um, because that's the one thing, um, the, uh, the enrichment series on the website came out like what a month and a half ago. Um, and it's slowly growing. And the one thing that everyone's really surprised at is how most enrichment isn't actually mentally stimulating. It, it, yeah, like, actually, I, I saw you put up a post about this and I must have just, I, didn't actually finish reading it. Tell me about that. Because yeah, so, we always think when we're doing all these things with the dogs that it is enriching. Yeah. So, so it's enriching, but like w- when it comes to mental stimulation, the, the actual definition of it is to simply um, interact with a stimuli, get that brain, you know, doing stuff. But if you want the mental stimulation to actually tire out your dog, it needs to be hard. You know, so for instance, physical stimulation, a great example I always use Playing with Play-Doh is physical stimulation, but so is doing hill sprints. Mm, okay. But hill sprints is actually going to tire you out, going to make you feel a lot more fulfilled, and you're going to rest. Playing with Play-Doh 
it's just going to make you feel good but it's good to do both and that's what enrichment is all about so yeah that makes so that makes so much sense when you put it in those terms yeah so it, it just depends what type of mental stimulation you're looking for um but yeah the, the enrichment series the thing that people have found really interesting is that some of it's really hard work. Some of it is to really get that dog, you know, ripping stuff up, sniffing through stuff, maybe lots of physical exercise. But a lot of it is just for joy. A lot of it is for it to increase that curiosity, you know, and relieving frustration as well. You know, like the, the, there's so much of ripping and destruction in enrichment because lots of people have things like collies or German shepherds or even my little dashhounds. I don't know why they're called hounds. I think dashhounds are more terriers than anything um, <laughs> yeah you know after ripping up a box after doing something where they're digging you know they are so dead they love it they're just they're great it's like oh that feels good because yeah. then after that you put them back into a pet life where those aren't those things aren't allowed anywhere but they're cool they got it out but of they're, that's their breed traits to do exactly. that they you see so you're you know, fulfilling their yeah. inner desires exactly and 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 that's that's why like frustration is a big big thing we need to try and relieve of dogs like don't always just focus on trying to tire out your dogs mm-hmm. you got to focus on trying to make them feel good as well because yeah what, what good is a dog that's stimulated and tired if they are still feeling very restricted you know like oh, i need to chase something i need to destroy something i need to mm. use these ridiculously powerful jaws i need to rip, claw things rip, uh, dig things up you know so you know a lot of you know, bad behaviors or undesirable behaviors. I encourage, but I just give my dogs a time and a place where they can do it. Where it's so acceptable. Only, yeah. It's the only place they do it, you know, and, yeah. and they're not doing it on your three piece suite, you see. Exactly. You know, we, we've all got needs. Um, you know, that's why yet again, it's really good to know your breed. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's so fun. And I love watching my dogs do it half the time. Like with Enzo, the, the thing that makes fair hounds so hard is, they're one of the few breeds that's a sight hound and a scent hound. Yeah. Um, so he has a lot of needs. Like he, 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 that's why I don't normally recommend a, a dog like this unless you have a crazy lifestyle. Um, like he needs everything, you know, he, he's, his predatory motor pattern, which is kind of all the uh, acts that take place in order to, to catch an animal. None of it's removed. He needs to practice seeking stalking chasing grabbing biting dissecting consuming you know he needs to practice all of that whereas when it comes to a retrieving dog a lot of that's been removed mm-hmm. they don't need to dissect or consume they don't need to rip things up that's why they don't you know they just need to seek things and grab it and bring it back you know so like that's what makes some dogs a little bit easier but yeah like enzo oh i could sit there for 15 minutes watching him dig up a hole and he loves it and he like he screams he barks he's digging up this hole he's like i'm gonna get you (laughs) he's never gotten anything from digging up a hole i don't think he realizes how deep the holes are but yeah he's afterwards he's on walks he's like oh okay he's just got this completely different energy about him yeah um, yeah he's just less desperate for the squirrels interacting with dogs he's even calmer and chilled out than usual mm. you know whereas like right at the beginning of, the, of a walk at the beginning of a day you know if 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 maybe there's some high energy dog that comes up to him he's got different energy he's like you know like oh, yeah he's yeah yeah kind of super high energy dogs whereas if he's gotten all of this out of him and then he interacts with dogs like that yeah you know, they're much like, more like oh, hi see yeah, ya yeah yeah like he he has much less frustration in him so you just have to think about if Enzo had never got that frustration out and we're in a year into his life, 
think yeah. how frustrated that dog was going to be. He might be the end up with that guy with the muzzle on his mouth, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I don't know what your original question was. I went on a tangent, but... No, it's, uh, it's, it's really... We were just talking about, you know, outside of uh, anxiety um what the number one issues that you're seeing and then obviously how would you approach it but I think that with your training it it all sort of you know it's sort of like it always kind of goes around in a circle because it's like oh they're like this but you need to do this more and then if you do this more we come back to being you know yeah yeah yeah, being enriched in life and everything's happy you know so it's kind of like Mm, definitely I I don't know if 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 I, I put way too much effort into a lot of my Instagram captions but if you ever get the time, have a little read of some of them because the I always have a pattern where I'll talk about something. I'll put a video up of training and somehow every single time the caption ends with me going, and that's why mental health is important. And it's because it always comes down to actually the dog's mental health first because mm-hmm. if your dog is frustrated or stressed or really under-stimulated, yeah. well then what's the point in training them? It's not going to last. You know, your dog's going to be pulling on a lead again in a couple of weeks. You know, they're not exactly. going to accept food. You know, they're not, they're maybe you're not even going to be able to teach it anyway. So anytime we talk about training, mental health still pops up. I always say like, it always comes back to your dog's mental health. So education seems to be your main driving force, I think. And obviously you have this uh, need to sort of educate which is fantastic that you're passing on your knowledge to mm. all these pet owners and, you know, professionals alike on Instagram, on, on your website. So how would you recommend that dog guardians and people who are just maybe pet professionals like myself, who are trying to find out more about the, how dogs think and, you know, their behavior, how do you um, get them to go and educate themselves better? Is there any way you recommend them to go? without sounding pushy my answer would just literally just be the website that that's that's my sole reason why I made it is um you know you you are your dog's trainer um uh, you know that person you pay once a week is not your dog's trainer that's your trainer Mm. um you know and and just relying on um a dog trainer once a week to educate you yeah that's stressful like that's really stressful and it's scary because you're only going to find out that they aren't actually that good at their job through your dog getting worse and the fact that you've wasted loads of money. So that's why I like the Mm. website because you will just learn it all yourself. You know, a lot of it on there, people, you know, I I assume probably wouldn't think they need to know it, but a lot of it, um, you know, especially phase one and phase two of the website, um, the categories, they, uh, they're just the foundations of everything you should know about a dog. You know, if you have a dog, you know, the, the, the website is for people that don't have problems or don't just have problems. They're people that want to prevent problems. They're people that are planning on getting a dog or learning about dogs, reading body language. There's even a first aid course on there. You know, there, there's everything, you know. Mm. So, you know, if you want to, yeah, learn about your dogs, the website or pay courses, um, you know, like IMDT, you know, go around courses with them, you know, like, you're, you're your dog's trainer, so you, you have to learn how to be one, basically. I think you're the first trainer, maybe, or one of the first trainers I've ever spoken to in a capacity like this, where the focus isn't all about the how you do it. Like, oh, to get them to do this, you've got to do this. Like, 
Mm. You know, you use your bait, you know, you lure them to show that you're really thinking about the mind behind it. And and I just think that that's, you know, brilliant and very much the same as you in the fact that, yeah, my first few dogs used to know all the party tricks. They would be able to do the spinning and, you yeah. know, the high fives and all that. Now my dogs, they they only know how to work in their job, which is, you know, to show or, yeah. you know, things like that. And and that's pretty much it. Like I've never trained them not to bite my safe or I've never trained them not to, you know, continuously bark in the garden. They just don't do it because yeah. I think that they're happy. Yeah, no, 100%. And there's nothing wrong with training those those little tricks, but a, a lot of people, that's unfortunately like the first thing they do um, is, is loads of instructions and boundaries and everything. And um yeah, it's just it's just where you see like massive massive mistakes um but you know you can always look at look at our own lives you know like i'm a happy guy i'm a comfortable guy i'm enjoying my life but if i wasn't allowed to eat healthy foods if if i was banned from going to the gym um my behavior would really start to change because yeah. my mental health would start to change i start to get frustrated you know, like, mm. I can't go to the gym. How am I going to relieve all this frustration? You know, oh, I can't go on a walk. Well, what am I going to do? I'm going to be trapped in here. Like, okay, oh, I can't eat healthy foods. Like, all this stuff is going to mess with you. And then as a result of that, I'm going to develop bad behaviors. Um, so, and, and that's exactly what happens with dogs. That, that That's why focusing on the behavior isn't going to get you anywhere. You know, that, that that's why, unfortunately, I think a lot of, positive only dog trainers get a lot of crap because they do a lot of training for the behaviors but you're not going to get a result because the dog needs help but a lot of balance trainers or positive punishment based um trainers they get a result mm. um, because they've used some sort of punishment to suppress that behavior so now the dog yeah. the dog looks fixed they look fixed but not up here but not up here the dog still needs help like is that going to last? Are you going to now develop other issues like resource guarding because you've been punishing the dog or uh, yeah. affect your recall? You know, so you know it, it's it's another tangent, but yeah, it, it's 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 learning about kind of not just about getting a result. You, you actually have to get the result. You know, like is your dog actually fixed? Like the behaviors disappeared, but how have you achieved that? Because yeah. you just caused the. Fa- other issues to pop up in six months time yeah like, like people, whack-a-mole <laughs> yeah exactly so like m- most people would see them as completely unrelated issues you yeah. know like oh he was barking six months later well, he's now resource guarding he's yeah. Like, yeah for the past six months you've been punishing your dog you've been popping their lead telling them to shut up you know doing all this stuff so of course they're not going to let you near their toys yeah yeah you know definitely. it makes you know. sense and, like and the, you, little, the little blue mole over here is popping up as like something completely different you know yeah, yeah exactly and and recall can be affected the dog doesn't want to come near you because they don't want to be put on the lead um you know it, it, there was three studies actually not just one three studies um that uh put huge groups of dogs to a test where some were raised on just uh, positive methods and some were raised with two or more aversive methods, so punishment-based methods. And they actually found that all the dogs that were raised with punishment became pessimistic dogs. So yeah, were, okay, um, yeah. And they were at a much higher risk of developing fear-based behaviors mm. um, because, you know, if you live in a in a world where you get punished for a lot of things you do rather than trying to seek reward, 
you just live in avoidance. Of course. So those dogs socializing, mm. that's dangerous. You know, like you, you don't want you don't want to raise you your dog. Yeah, you don't want that dog mixing with your, you know, your and little Daxi, and that's suddenly to manifest. Yeah, hundred percent. Because that yeah. dog, you know, the, the the ones that are optimistic, they're going to be heading towards dogs, thinking about all the good things that can happen. The dogs that are living in avoidance because they get punished for all the decisions they make, they're going to be approaching that dog, going, "Well, how do I avoid punishment from this dog? How do I avoid this?" They're pessimistic, and yeah, these dogs fascinating fear-based behaviors. Um, yeah. And it all it all comes from this obsession of needing to set boundaries of dogs, thinking mm. that a boundary, you need to tell a dog, I don't want this. But everyone has set boundaries positively. One example, weeing and pooing outside. You're teaching a dog not to wee and poo inside, but you do it by paying them for doing it outside. So that's that's teaching a dog a boundary with zero punishment. And everyone does it, but they don't do it with everything else. So like you can tell a dog, I don't want you to jump up on the kitchen sides. How do I do yeah. that? Well, why don't you just reinforce them for not four to... legs on the floor? Yeah. yeah, you know, like like Enzo when I rescued him, he was five years old. He was a street dog. Um, he obviously had zero knowledge yeah. of how to be with people. Absolutely and... antisocial to live with. <laughs> yeah, he was like anyway, he was like a really highly aroused, stressed dog, but. His issue was he used to jump up on the dining room table and just try and snatch all the food off our plates. Wow. He's a, he's a big dog, you know, he's very tall. Um, and I, rather than telling him off for that, I taught him to really love this little carpet. He loved this little carpet. Every dinner time, the carpet came out over in the corner of the room and he's like, sweet. He went and, he went, he went and stood on his little carpet and oh, just waited for his food. Him. And, and, you know, I reinforced that for maybe a month, slowly weaned it off. And uh, he never begged at the table, never jumped up on the table again, mm. because I told him I don't want to jump him to jump up on the table by telling him where he can get the food. So I won, but also he won because he got what he wants rather than being told, don't do that, don't do that. You know, so, yeah. Another tangent. I don't know. I don't know where we came it's from. It's I absolutely love all the education, though. It's it's fascinating. I've actually been on your website myself, and um, and it's fantastic. And you Thanks. really put a lot of time and effort into what you post, not just on your website, but your social media as well. Um, you make me feel thoroughly embarrassed about <laughs> about the content. I'm great. No, <laughs> honestly, like I said, I. I have a very obsessive nature, so like if I do something, it has to be it has to be the best. I can. Yeah, it's fantastic. Honestly, I, I genuinely urge everybody to go and check it out. It'll really change the way that you think as well. Um, so that's a wrap. Thank you so much for joining us. Max can be found online at mk9plus.com and also on Instagram at mk9plus underscore dog underscore lifestyle underscore coaching. So thank you everybody for listening, and don't forget to rate and subscribe to Pod on the Dog. This podcast has been sponsored by Butternut Box, a fresh take on dog food. So for 50% off your first two boxes, make sure you visit the link butternutbox.com forward slash Verity Handcastle. That's a bye from me and Max. Bye. Bye.